You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. Um, it's the special season end review, I think you're calling it. Um, Josh, sidekick Josh is there. It, it seems appropriate. The season has ended. This is a review. We'll yeah. go with end of season review. End of season review. Um, and we're joined by one of our, well, my favourite guests. I mean, I, I don't like to diss all the other guests on the Arsenal podcast, but frankly, none of them live, quite live up to Alex Brooker um, off of TV and the last leg, etc. Hi, Alex. Oh, is Alex frozen? <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh. Hi, Alex. <laughs> Hello, mate. Sorry, you got me back then. I thought I'd lost internet connection. <laughs> yeah, you froze for a bit. Yeah, this is an, a, an appropriate beginning for an <laughs> yeah. Arsenal end of season review. <laughs> that within 30 <laughs> seconds, the main reason for being here, that we've got Alex with us, and he was nearly disconnected, but he's back. You're back, yes, Alex. I'm back. Thanks for having me back, fellas. Thank you. Oh, pleasure. You're, like you've got um, your... Uh, I just need to say one thing, Josh, before you get into it with Alex, which is that the makers of premium gaming peripherals, HyperX, are offering UK-based customers 20% off their entire full-price gaming headset range throughout May. Terms and conditions apply. Head on over to uk.hyperx.com to read the terms and conditions and use the discount code ARSENAL, as in Arsenal Football Club and Footballistically Arsenal, once at the checkout uk.hyperx.com. Carry on, Josh. What are you going to say? Well, what I was going to say is I think both of you were at the final game of the season, which I'm very jealous of. I didn't didn't make it in the end, and uh, you were both there. I was in, intrigued, firstly, to hear how it was being back at the stadium. Well, Alex, how was it for you? I Do you know what? There was like 10 minutes of being in there. I kind of sat down and I was just thinking how much I'd missed it. Um, it was quite emotional getting, getting back in for the first time in, in over a year. Um my brother was actually strangely quite emotional about it, and he's absolute stone. So he he, he was. Um, but then within ten minutes, we were sat there, and it's just like, oh god, was so crap. Oh god, the football. <laughs> so it was. It was refreshing to be back. It was refreshing <laughs> to moan in there. Um, it was very well set up. 
um, within the stadium. Uh, I thought it was all pretty felt felt pretty safe in there. Really, it was absolutely fine. Um, they were abs- They would not let us stand even after the goals. They were sh- like straight down. The the fun sponge steward was straight down within like a minute. A minute. The players had just got back to the centre circle. He's like, "Come on, you got to sit down. This is an all seater stadium," and it's just like. Come on, mate. I mean, come where did you? On. Where were you sitting? Were you sitting in your usual seat? So yeah, I was. I was just further down from my usual seat. So ju- just um, yeah, beyond the goal in, in the North Bank. Um, so yeah, it was. It was good to be back though. It was good to see us get a win. Um, yeah. Mm. Was there more positivity for like everyone being back in the stadium, people more smiling at each other? Did it feel positive? Boydo, what did you think up I in think club so. level? Was everyone, I think so. everyone overly we, polite? Everyone was very polite. Everyone was very enthusiastic, um, I have to say. And we were not, we were in the clock end, which is, we're normally um, kind of on the corner of the North Bank and the East Stand, I think, or West Stand, one of the two, East Stand. Um, so we were completely the other end of the stadium. So that was, it was just exciting for us to have a different view, different vantage point. And I have to say that, um, that the, we were treated like gods in, in the um, elitist um, club level because you had to, to get anything to eat or drink, you had to sit, you had, you, we were, everyone was allocated a table. Every single person who went to the match was allocated a table in, in, in club level. And you're given the table number and then someone brought you, you could order your drinks, you, someone brought you the drinks and the food, you ordered the halftime drinks and they were there waiting for you, like at the theatre. <laughs> Um, wow. you know, when you came back during the interview, it was unbelievable luxury. So we did at the end of the day, we did kind of all agree, <laughs> me, Dermot, and Dom, we went that ten thousand fans in the same is kind of the optimum number now. That actually we don't necessarily need the other forty thousand or whatever it is, fifty thousand. Yeah, because this was lovely. The the noise didn't really change that much either. Did no, it? Let's be no. honest, when we it say didn't. it was yeah. um it was nice. It was it was nice to be back to see people seeing in um the noise as well around us when when Pepe got that first goal as well. It was brilliant. It yeah. was just nice to see him see him going going across celebrating in front of fans and 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 that. And it was yeah, it was really it was it was lovely to be back. It's been a tough season, but it was a, that was a nice way to end it. And how was the lap of honour? Um, I mean, the oh. highlight was obviously Gabriel looking for his tooth. I don't know if you stayed in the stadium <laughs> yeah. long enough. Yeah. But uh, how well, was Dermot, the lap of honour? Dermot spotted um, Gabriel. We went. We had a post-match drink as well. Um, we well, had of few, course you did. You like, had your own table. Yeah. You had your own. Of course, right. you're going to take advantage. So we had some yeah. Camden. We had some Camden Hills after the after the game. But Dermot just happened to wander on his way, I think, to the loo and back. He happened to look out of the at the, at the empty stadium and see Gabriel walking around looking really stressed out and looking and we he was like what the fuck's going on so we were trying to work out and then a steward told him that he was looking for his tooth um wow. so that was weird but the alex but the the post match um in quotes lap it was not a lap of honor it was basically the whole squad and everyone just congregating in the middle and being really uncomfortable and awkward and not knowing what to do and kind of celebrating a bit and not and um that was about it, wasn't it? It was like there was no, it was not a lap of honour. I'm not going to lie. Um, we didn't have the luxury of table service in, in the North <laughs> Bank. Uh, and um, we did one. Uh, uh, even though oh, we'd yeah. waited a year to be inside the ground. Um, <laughs> I said to my brother, are we staying? And he went, sod that. <laughs> Will's got a yeah, table booked enough. at the Victoria Tavern for six. <laughs> Let's do one. <laughs> 
so we went, we went we went and we went and done one um so yeah we yeah. didn't i didn't even see i didn't even uh get to see it but it was it was lovely i mean you didn't miss you did not miss anything it, it was it was so awkward and it was basically like the players like saying goodbye to david louise and they 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 so they said goodbye to david louise there was an announcement about that which was nice and then there was a roll call of all of the Arsenal fans who had died during COVID, during the pandemic. And so that so it was quite downbeat, really. And they had some kind of like, you know, um, moving music. So it was it was just a weird one. It was just a weird end. Um, I thought Arteta could have said something, you know, just gone on a mic and said thanks for something, but he didn't. It was, it was a bit kind of desultory, I think. Is that the word? I'm using that word. <laughs> anyway. And what was the mood in the stadium? We, you presumably were keeping an eye on the other scores. And there was a long period oh. where we were nearly in Europe in this yeah. European Conference oh. League. Were you happy, sad? What was it the emotion? Was, I know it was weird, but it felt like because I see for so long Tottenham were, were losing, and it was like, oh god, they've equalised, and there was almost a feeling of inevitability that they were then going to go in front. Um, to be honest with you, the, the conference thing, I I hadn't even really thought about. I was just kept thinking, oh well, we might finish above Spurs. I mean, it's not that shouldn't be how you measure your success, but it would have been a nice end to the season. It's been fairly crap. So it would have been nice for us to finish above them. And then it was, I, when we came out, I was just saying to my brothers, like, oh, it's a shame we didn't finish above Spurs. And he was like, well, it don't really, it doesn't really matter. It's just been, it was rubbish, even if we had or so. And I was like, oh, nice optimism. Glad I brought you back after, um, after a year, I got to spend this time with you quality time. So, um, yeah, it was, just, I was, I was a little bit downbeat about it, but after a while you just think, I'm not sure when I saw the teams in, you, in the conference league, the list, when they're, when they're there on paper as a list, and I like to pride myself, I think of myself as fairly knowledgeable. I've played a lot of football manager, but honestly, some of those teams, I was just like, who the hell are they? And I mean, if Spurs can't win that, if Spurs can't win that conference thing, then they ain't going to win it. I suppose they've got Roma in there, but I mean, other than that, if they can't win that, yeah. they're never going to win a trophy because their teams yeah. in there are ridiculous. Well, well depending I, I, on what I did, happens with Villarreal tonight, Villarreal are, you know, are, are also going to be in there. But yeah, I was looking at some of the teams that, that were in here. I mean, uh, you would have to have the most incredible depth of knowledge to uh, to know your uh, Padai Liminiscons, uh, who are, of course, uh, from Estonia, um, from your uh, Petrokub Hinteski of Moldova, who are genuinely teams in this competition. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe it would have been great for the old niche away trips and, uh, and away points that would have been accumulated. But in terms I of uh, even... hopes for the league... Um, I, I was quite, I was quite looking, I was quite excited about finishing seventh just because, you know, like a whole season we've been what eighth or ninth pretty much, haven't we? Like, uh, you know, yeah. after, uh, and so I was kind of thought, well, to, to go above Spurs in the last day would be fun and to have St. Tottenham's Day and all that. So I thought that mainly for that reason, I thought it would be funny. And so I was quite excited about it. Agnostic on the, on the, on the conference league, I think. Yeah. Like many people, I was thinking a, a league, a year without Europe, in fact, which is, which is happening will be interesting and should give, you know, Arteta or whoever the chance to work on the team for a week. But what happened in the stadium was what hasn't changed from normal um, going to the stadium is the reception on, on everyone's phone is non-existent. Once you <laughs> yeah. step into the bowl at the stadium yeah. and I had no fucking idea what the scores were. So I kept having to leave, walk out to just to the top of the, 
the entrance to the stadium where there's suddenly you get reception to get the fucking scores. And honestly, the last time I, I couldn't do it like more than about two or three times because then it would just go embarrassing. So I, the last time I looked, Spurs, Spurs were losing 2 1. And so you I were like have... ran down. I literally ran down to our bit. I go, everything's going our way. Like, you know, literally with like 10 minutes to go. And I had no idea that it was all fucking up. And then like someone behind us went, I think Spurs have. Spurs are winning. We were like, what? So we just, we didn't really have much of an idea what the fuck was going wow. on. That yeah. feels like a, something from like 20 years ago, like in this I day know. and age, you think yeah. all information. Right. You could have taken a radio like in sort of the early 90s oh, when you I used to, I used to, day with a I radio. used to be that kid. When I was a kid, when I was like 13, 14, I used to go radio every single week and I plugged it in, I listened to, you know, Capital Gold's coverage of every game. I, I was a real nerd. But this time, what was funny was that they did not tell you the final scores in the stadium. Uh, even up until and beyond that so-called gathering of the team, you know, when the team came back out. And I think what it, I'm, my theory is they must have thought if we come seventh and get into Europe and go by sports, we can make a big announcement on the, and, and everyone will be quite happy and excited. But because that didn't happen, so they just didn't mention it. They did not give you any of the other scores, which I thought was really weird and bizarre as well. So the whole thing was a fucking mess. Do you think when we go back on the opening day next season, they'll start off by going, do you know what? We missed the final day last year. If anyone who hasn't heard the scores, <laughs> maybe let's go through it. Maybe. But I yeah. think you should demand it. I thought you were going oh. to say that your your butler was for your table was going to come and give you score <laughs> updates. I thought that's where you were going earlier, I mean, boy. That would have been that would have been ideal. And the and the butler would have done it because he was a lovely chap. He would have done it, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was it's it was amazing. interesting by us to see the reaction to people singing "We Want Crunky Out," and at one point mm. during the second half, a load of balloons were released yes. as well, uh, and stuff like that. And it was weird because there was a there was a few blokes behind us was, who I I just assumed, by the way, I think I've just assumed that most Arsenal fans want them out. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd, but these blokes behind me were like. What a, they've like these bloke, these other blokes are singing we want Cronk out and these guys behind me they're like well, well, we want you out so why don't you do one and it was like I really thought we were as a kind of fan base were fairly united in the fact that the, the Cronkies as a whole haven't been good for Arsenal it was, it was really really baffling um, so yeah it was it was it was nice to see um, supporters still not united even on something <laughs> on a you know you know you normally get it a bit of needle when yeah. someone's just yeah. like having to go someone yeah. picks out what a player they? someone will say like Jacques shit and then someone <laughs> will just go you don't understand the game mate and you you get that but I was quite, I honestly thought I was surprised to see that being an argument yeah. I think people what? just wanted to argue they wanted yeah. to argue with the people around them they'd missed I'm it I'm fascinated to know. <laughs> What were they in favour of? Like, what about the Cronkers is it they like? Do you know what they were just like? They said, and this is something, I hate this argument on anything. Uh, it always comes up with managers. But one of the arguments they had was, well, you find somebody who's going to do a better job. And it's like, <laughs> that's not an argument. That's not, it's like when they say, when it's like the managers are about, it's like, well, who's out? Well, there's no one out there. Well, who? Like, unless you want, like, I, I just couldn't understand it. Um, but do you know what? There was a moment where I started to get quite frustrated by it. And then I just thought, ah, oh, isn't it nice to be around dickheads again? It was something <laughs> yeah. like that warmed my heart just yeah. to be around like knobheads yeah. again. And it was, it was, it was lovely. Uh, part of me was just like, ah, oh, this is the full match day experience. 
coming yeah. back well uh, half a match day experience but it was it was slightly yeah. heartwarming when see. those balloons dropped down um it, i thought it was really funny because the poor um stewards had to like chase them around and yeah. pop them and i was yeah. like this cannot be in your job description they could not have expected of all the indignity to have to chase a fucking black balloon with conquering on it and try and burst it <laughs> but they were and they, they were on it. They were really on it. It was like because I wanted to get one as a souvenir, so I tried to grab one. And I, no, this 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 dude was like, no, and you're not having that. And 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 literally stamped on it. It was it was like, oh. God. I tell you what, the stewards. I don't know what what they were. Obviously, you you had waiters um, coming up and down the aisle as well. But um, we, we we've asked for for where we are. I've never seen the stewards so militant as what they yeah. what they were um, in in block six of day. The guy was just nonstop. Anytime you any, even if you had like you had a sip of your water, taking your mask down, even if you had your mask down for a second. Oh, really? It's like put it back on. We, oh, uh, we, nah, interesting because we, oh, we, we took off our masks when once the game started and we looked up to, we had a lovely uh, woman who was kind of in charge of our bit and she mouthed, we were looking up for permission to take our mask off and she was like, well, you're not supposed to, but what can I do? I can't tell you not to. And so we took them off, yeah. And we, and we dared. I mean, in the open air, with ten, you know, spaced out with ten thousand people, I don't think you're going to get COVID, are you? From a fucking going to see an Arsenal game for ninety minutes and not wearing your mask. That was our. No, I, I thought it was it was a strange one. It was uh, for, for I don't know whether it was just Arsenal then. I don't know if he was just having a bad game, but he, bad game. But he was like up and down, up and down all oh. all the all the time. Like it was, he'd probably uh, been waiting this long to be officious to wait, like waiting months and months for the return <laughs> so he could order people about finally. Yeah. People want to do it was a really strange the standing thing, it was quite a strange one because by and large, as long as I've been sitting there, there's there's never been a real problem with with standing behind the goal. That's kind of something that's kind of par for the course, that everyone just does it. And it was it was a really strange thing. Strange uh, it created a strange atmosphere as as yeah. well. Um yeah, I bet. Yeah. yeah. That's annoying. That's annoying. Let's 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 look back on the season then, Alex, because um I'm going to get, like, here's some weird stuff. First of all, we've got the third best defence in the league. However, we've scored the fewest goals in a league campaign for basically decades. Um, We've got the third highest number of points in the Premier League since Christmas Day, as I'm sure everyone knows, second only to Man City and Man United. Um, Pepe has more goal involvements in all competitions than any other Arsenal player. 21, that's assists and goals. Didn't see that happening. Um, Lacazette second. Um, we've beaten all the London clubs this season. The first time that's happened since 2007. I'm just reeling off all these stats because I'm confused. Like half of me, I don't know about you, half of me thinks I'd quite like to get rid of Arteta to see what a top coach would do with this team. So I'm not sure, quite sure how good or bad the team and the squad is. But on the other hand, I feel actually maybe in the second half of the season and certainly once, you know, People, Emil Smith Rowe was a regular in the side. Then we actually we've kind of been all right, and it's kind of gone okay. We only ended up six points behind the top four. I, you know, I also, I mean, you, you say six points behind the top four, and I know everyone, every team in the league will have stories about where they've been screwed by VAR. But this season, for some reason, more than more than any other time, I think in my whole time as an Arsenal supporter, a supporter, I felt like we were being screwed by officials. Some of the excuses that have come out to justify baffling decisions, the Louise red card uh, at Wolves. If he'd have gone in two-footed, it would have been a yellow, but he wasn't trying to foul him, so it's a red. 
So, yeah, we've got to send him off and give a penalty. It's like, and you just go, and Peter Walton, I don't want to call out people. In the yeah. Peter Walton on BT literally delivers that as if he's just telling you what yeah. he's had for breakfast, as if it's the most normal thing ever. It was like on uh, the Palace game on Wednesday. Um, the justification, Ben Zaka didn't get sent off because, what was it, negligible force? Like, I've never, oh, yeah. ever heard that. Yeah, and they made the, it up. Yeah, and it was like the same. It was the same as with like the fact that Schlupp should have got sent off so early, and they're like, "Oh, it's too early for a red card. It's more of an orange card." And it's like, I I was under the impression, as long as I've been watching football, but that the rules don't like ease in as you go along. I, di- I didn't know that there was like a ten minute. I've never known that the first ten minutes is a basically a free for all. I mean, if they want to bring in that rule, then I think it would be it would make for incredible viewing. Like the first yeah. ten minutes are like basically go nuts. Anything goes, crack on. Um, so, yeah, there, there were a few things, you know, Fulham at home, Burnley away. And I kind of did look back and I just thought, you know, a couple of those that had gone our way, we, we might have been actually even closer. Certainly would have been in Europe, uh, certainly would have been above, above Spurs. Um, but on the whole, obviously, the, we started the season so badly. There was such a such a bad run before Christmas, um, especially some of the, that run of home defeats and, some of the football as well. I know we haven't conceded a lot, but I suppose if you're passing sideways a lot, then it's kind of, it's not exactly <laughs> leaving yourself susceptible. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a strange one. It was, it was, it's been a strange season and there has, it's a weird one because every time I felt like there's, there's cause for optimism then something will, will, will set us back. And, um, you know, there is at the moment, I still think there is cause for optimism as as much as my voice doesn't sound like that. I think that <laughs> there is, you know, that I, I don't think I've I've loved a set of players as much as the likes of Smith Rowe, Saka, Tierney right. that, that we've had for a long time. I think they're, you know, I think they're, they're great. And I, I really hope that they flourish and have long, long careers with the club. And with Arteta, do you know what? I was, I was behind him. Even, I mean, there was a time when I, before Christmas, and I thought, he can't, he, he's not going to turn this around. And then he did. And I kind of got behind him again. I, I Personally, I think he lost his head with those Villarreal games. I, I mean, what yeah, that yeah. false nine thing away. Um, oh. And all of a sudden, and then even at home, when when the players... That, I mean, my abiding memory of this season will be that Villarreal game at home, just thinking, do they know we're behind it? Because there's certain... Yeah. And that is one of that, you know, I don't mind getting beat if we have a go. But that was like a team that were too scared to play. And that was was quite alarming. And admittedly, you know, there, there have been bright bright moments. I mean, I'll tell you what, Palace Palace away on, on Wednesday night when when Martellelli scored is as much as I've cheered a goal. I mean, there's nothing like a last minute goal. Nearly woke the kids up. Um yeah. my wife came down. She's like, you know the kids are in bed, didn't you? And I was like, yeah, but we just <laughs> we might finish above Tottenham now. So it was a bit of hope. It was there was there have been bright spots and who who knows? I'm interested to know what you lot think about this. Because you know they keep saying, well, European football is attractive to players. You want to be in Europe. The best players want to play mm-hmm. in Europe. And I'm like, but is that uh, like if you're a top player and you go an Arsenal come to you and go, look, I'll tell you what though, if you ever fancy playing in Albania, because you could on a <laughs> Thursday night this season with us, I'm mm-hmm. not sure how many of them will go. 
oh, well, I was going to go somewhere else, but now you've given me that that proposition. I'm not, I was, I'm kind of intrigued, but I realise Champions League football is a different level, maybe even Europa League uh, to an extent, but really like, is the Conference League going to be a draw to, to, no. to a professional football? I don't no. think it is. And no. actually, you know, the, the idea of three o'clock kickoffs on Saturdays back, I'm not going to lie, I'm fairly excited about it. It will be. It will be nice, and for hopefully Arteta won't be able to complain next season that he's not getting enough time with the players. I think well, I, that's a big. I, I, that, yeah, that'll 100%. be. It's, it'll feel. It feels a bit like you. You remember like the season, kind of Emery. We missed out on the top four, and we absolutely blew it. And it's like, right. I mean, he's got now. He's probably got a trans the summer transfer window. Then he's got till Christmas, and I feel like if Arsenal have a start to next season like they did this one just gone then I, I I would be would be very surprised if if Arteta and um Edu as well weren't weren't bang out mm. the door mm. yeah you, you have to be right I, your your point about the Europa Conference League not being enough to attract everyone ha- has to be correct I think it does apply to the certainly the Champions League and then to a lower extent um I I think this I think the club, I mean, Boyd, you, you alluded there about what the club might have planned to do had we got into seventh place. It matters to the club, doesn't it? I mean, the, you know, the season ticket renewals, I got I got my email today. I don't know if your mm. butler personally delivered uh, your one to your house earlier, Boyd, in a golden envelope or whatever the, whatever the hell On you get. On a pillow. I got an email. Boyd, Boyd's got a delivery from Harrods in a hamper. Um, excuse me, is my... Uh, phone is pinging away um so look i think to the club though i mean we're talking about 20 million quid and it's not only six it's like 13 14 games in this competition like you know home and away and another six seven home games to sell tickets for even at a lower price it adds up so you know that has to slightly refocus i'm sure what we can do uh, in the transfer window so yeah i, I, I think felt, i felt sad though because i've you know, okay, this season's an anomaly, but I've been on like at least one European away trip every year now for like 13, 14 years. That is really sad not to have that next year. That's what I'll miss. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I think it's funnily enough, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to rehash the Wenger thing. I just say that before what I'm about to say, in case you think I'm <laughs> judging this up deliberately, but I'm not. But people forget that, yes, we had 25 years in Europe and it was incredible, but actually... The last, you know, huge number of those, when we were actually in the Champions League, even before the Europa years, we'd always go out, wouldn't we? You know, in in you know, in after the group stage and in almost the first knockout moment. So it wasn't like, you know, we were getting to the quarters and semi-finals. It was a kind of and I do think there was actually you know, among most fans, if we're being honest, it was like we thought it was a joke, you know, when Arsene Wenger started regarding coming forth as a trophy, et cetera, et cetera. And being in Europe year in, year out, and not even having any chance of doing well in that competition felt almost like a slightly overrated thing. Now, you know, I'm not, and I'm saying that that probably will kind of spoil in a way, but that's what it was like. That's, what I think, what it felt like, you know, after 20, 20, 20, 21 years of being in Europe every single year. So now I feel like it's almost like a novelty that we're going to have this season, as Alex said, where Arteta's not going to have the excuse. And, he ha- you know, he's going to have a week to prepare every single fucking game. And I I'm go- I like watching Arsenal twice a week. You know, I like, you know, it's great for, for a fan. I love it. Mm. So I'm going to miss the mere fact that we have to wait a fucking week for, you know, for our three o'clock game or something. But there are pros and cons. But, but I agree with Alex that 
it give, it doesn't give Arteta many places to hide. And I do think we've got a strong enough squad, or you know, and and at best, you know, we've got those young players, and we don't forget we've got fucking Aubameyang. You know, we've got, you know, we've got deep. We actually we've got the third best defense. You know, really, he's got to improve, hasn't he? I don't see any excuse really. So I think from that point of view, it's made it interesting um, that that, yeah. we, that we're not in Europe. It's an interesting media narrative around top four because when we used to get it, it was seen as a failure, but all of a sudden now it's yeah. an amazing thing right. again. Um, and right. it's interesting the way that narrative is pushed. It's like Liverpool went from champions to almost getting top four in the last week. And like I, I remember us doing it um, when, you know, kind of we went from champions and then we were second. And then the 0506 season at Highbury was a battle for top four that came down. And it was it was almost like seen as it was seen as failure every time we did it. And God, winning the FA Cup, it was like that was seen as failure. I didn't see that being trotted out when when Leicester won it the other week. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, what right. an amazing thing for the club. And they bottled top four massively. I mean, they bottled it two yeah. seasons in a row now. And it's like, I don't know, sometimes it's interested the way the, these narratives are pushed. And I wonder sometimes, well whether we got kind of swept away with it as, as fans a little bit as well, that it, it was seen as failure because we weren't competing yeah. because we aren't off far away from it now. I mean, I don't actually, do you know what top four, maybe I think we, we I'd, I'd be hopeful that we could have a good go at it. That's the thing we need to yeah. be. I think we need to have a good go at it, be there yeah, or thereabouts competing. We need to be competing next season. You know, realistically. Yeah. And, I yeah. I think you're right, by the way, on, you know, Brendan Rodgers. He, you know, he, yes, they won the FA Cup in a one-off and so did we last year and that bought Arteta a huge amount of time. But Leicester, I mean, four points from the final five games when they were absolutely in their in their hands. Um, it, you know, he should probably be coming in for more criticism than, than I think he did to have sort of blown it and then to just have it entirely in your own hands effectively in the final day because of what was going on elsewhere. I mean, that is a, that was a massive choke. Um, but yeah, I mean, Wenger was probably not quite the first, but he, he was the one that always advocated about, you You know, you will only appreciate what I've been able to do in the top four qualification um, in hindsight. And, and he was right. And now, I mean, yes, of course, when you were, I was watching Sky Sports on the final day, you were um, of course at the stadium, but you know, from their side, thank God they had a race for the top four because bugger all else to be excited about. You know, relegation was so done. So this, you know, it, it did feel like almost the, another trophy, didn't it? The Although, way it weird, weirdly enough, certainly towards the, the latter Wenger years, it always felt like we were we had money to spend and we were we were kind of finishing top four. We, we had money and it's like we need to spend more money. Now, yeah. It's we're in such a bad financial state. Just before I come on the podcast, I was reading the set of tweets. I don't know if you've seen them from Darren Arsenal, yeah. about, like these loans the that loans, we've taken yeah. out. Jesus yeah. Christ, the club is so badly run. It's mm. so bad. It's been so badly run. And that to me I, is I find that bit quite bleak. As much as a performance on the pitch, that that worries me. Because I don't yeah. know how how do you get out of that? It, it you need mm. either we work work a miracle on the pitch. I, I I'm not sure really. I'm not sure how, how we get out of it because we're we're in a bad state. It's not like we unless the Cronkies do finally put a load of money in this summer, are they going to? Probably not. Looking at the amount of loans that are being taken out. So it's it's a it's a it's a weird one uh for us for next season because you you want to be optimistic and you know, I do think if we could get top four next season, I think that would be massive for us. I really do. Just for that financial boost, I think it would be huge. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, I saw the Darren, Darren Arsenal. Yeah, so basically, from what we can understand, they're taking out loans to pay off loans to pay off loans to pay off loans. Like it's a it's a fairly ridiculous situation. Yeah, it's like inception. Yeah, you know, I mean, why? It's quite, just... quite why? Yeah, it isn't. It's the inception <laughs> of loans to take it out. Quite why our multi-billionaire owner, the Cronkies, Stan Cronkies, one of the fucking richest men in America. You know, and quite why can't spare 150 million which i think is what it is or something paying off a fucking loan is beyond me I, and that's the point where i think because i think I, i've said this before what what are they in it for it's like they're not because in the american teams they've got because they've got these franchises in america they do make money off those as far as i understand it you know that's it's much easier to make money this is why they wanted to bring the european super league in because it was going to be easier to make money off of that without without you know having to yeah. qualify for the fucking thing but why are they why what do they get out of being arsenal now we have no money they have to take out loans to pay off loans to pay off loans. Well, there's no prospect of winning much, you know. I mean, you know, apart from the odd cup, maybe. And so, if they're not going to invest in it and try at least to go for top four, and they're having to pay or take out loans to pay off loans, I don't get what's in it. It must be just stress. I just feel like if I was Josh Cronky, I'd be like, I don't need all this stress. Fucking sell it. But the club is worth, you know, is increasing in value by, you know, by existing at the moment, isn't it? You know, and certainly for is when it increasing they... in value. Yeah, you'd probably oh, say so. I mean, uh, going in, well, I mean, maybe plateauing slightly now in this yeah. COVID space. But I mean, it's like a you probably take a view on on, the, on a house you buy, right? You, you know, on the fifth year, it might not go up to the seventh year. But if you take a long term view and you're here for the long run, 20, 30 year ownership, yeah. it's going in one direction. And even even, the, even the flats on Queensland Road and Highbury are now worth fuck all as well because <laughs> of the cladding. So <laughs> even that's gone downhill. So, the, the, yeah, yeah. Exactly, like, and also Jesus. they never they never sell any of these houses. They never sell any of their franchises. So what's again? What's the point? They make money out of the one. That, you know, I can understand if they're making money, but what you know, if their plan was to build up a profit, build up the value of us, so they've probably done it since they bought it. Then why again? Why not fucking sell it then? So I don't I don't understand this kind of sense of status Look, they're in at the moment. What they're getting out of it? No, you don't want to like you know wonder or, or talk about you know someone's age or you know in a disparaging way but you know stan is you talk about me mid, no not on this occasion stan Cronkay is, is 73 73 and you know maybe there comes a time where the next generation of Cronkay and josh choose to choose to do differently but it's obviously oh, i really uh, didn't know where you were going with that yeah then. i didn't either <laughs> i thought you were going to go to a very dark place yeah yeah i was impressed <laughs> It was like, he's 73, how long is he going to be around realistically? No, maybe not. he looks healthy. If I'm like that at 73, but then he's got a lot of money, so it probably makes life easier. He's less stressful, Um, I imagine. He's got got even more butlers than Boyd. With 10,000 fans back in the ground, it was was great, great parenthood from him to go, yeah, the fans are back in, I won't go, but son, you can go, can't you? You can go and take all the shit off. We'll send yeah. you. We'll Completely. send you in. Yeah, it is exactly like Succession, isn't it? I mean, that that is the point. It's, yeah, it really is. It's brilliant. Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk more about. I want to get. Uh, we'll, we'll, I want to get a final verdict on Arteta's performance. We've kind of we've been talking around it a bit. But I want to get a final verdict on that and our play of the season, etc. Uh, after this quick break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, 
check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back from the break. Um, so just on Arteta then, like for me, I don't know about you, Alex, but for me, he made two, I'm going to say two massive errors. So I'm going to, rev- I'm going to, as you said, the Villarreal game, that's a tie. Those games, he absolutely blew it, didn't he? He overthought it, as you said, the false nine. Then in the second game, I thought it was really interesting. I don't know if in the club, in the programme for the final game of the season, Tierney was interviewed and he was talking about how he had to come on at the last minute when Xhaka was injured in the warm-up. And he talked about, in this interview, I thought it was quite a little bit of a revelation. He said, um, oh yeah, I suddenly had to come on. I wasn't expecting it. It was a real shock. But obviously I'm used to playing that position. It's fine. But... The, the plan from the start was for the, that person in that position on the left to not not go up the pitch very much at all. And I'm thinking, hold on, we need to score a goal. And he's, he's setting out the team to barely even attack from the start, or at least in that position. So consequently, he felt he couldn't attack because Xhaka wasn't going to when he was going to play in that position. And I thought that was quite a, a disturbing revelation and an insight into his absolutely disastrous tactics in both of those games. So I, that's one huge mistake for me, that tie. And then the other huge mistake was playing Willian, buying and playing Willian. Remember the first few months of the season when Willian Boy, was... Did, playing... Are you talking about our top assists in the Premier League? The, that oh, Willian. Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck that shit. Um, uh, yeah, playing Willian, who, who, who was a dis- detraction from the team, week in, week out. And anyone could see it. All of us could see it, except apparently Arteta, who kept defending him. And then, of course, when Emil Smith-Rowe broke in, when he got injured, Emil then, then we instantly get, came, were better. But I think that whole buying and playing Willian for that whole first chunk of the season was a disaster. So those two, for me, those two gargantuan errors, and I think the Willian thing, Sticking by William, I don't care how many assists he got, he was awful. Again, cost us those six points. Yeah, I mean, I mean, sticking by William was bad. I, I, I do. I was kind of saying the other day, like last summer when we got him, I did think, oh, you know, it's another kind of aging Chelsea player who's who's kind of come over. But I did think to myself, well, maybe it'll, maybe like he, he wasn't that bad. He has, he, you know, he he certainly wasn't as bad as what he's been for us. But then, obviously, you you look at you take into account the fact that I mean, it's just at times he was just it's just not happened, and I think that will go down as for a club that doesn't have a lot of money. I mean, if they're, they're talking about the fact that maybe into Miami won him or something, if we can get rid of him after a oh, year yeah. of that contract we gave him, then we have had an absolute touch. If somebody will take yeah. him, because otherwise, he's, it's just he's just going to be around and. Yeah, but I I agree. I think that I think that sticking by William was 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 pretty bad. I mean, it's quite interesting the fact that I mean, it's good that Pepe hit, has hit a bit of form. Mm. Um, but again, he, he's kind of on the whole. If you take the season as a whole, been fairly um, infuriating. If I see him get the ball one more time and dance around it, and it's like it's almost like he's trying to do some. It's like he's trying to move it with his mind. Because his body ain't going near it, it's like he he gets it and he kind of jinks around, and then nothing happens. And it's like I could, 
I've never seen anybody play football like that. Fear Walcott used to leave the ball behind and carry on running. <laughs> then about 10 yards out, go, oh, shit, I ain't got the ball. Whereas like Pepe does that, but sometimes does this dance around it. And even like on, on Wednesday against Palace, he, I was infuriated by him. He scored two goals. And I'll tell you what, he took both his goals well uh, on Sunday as well. Really good goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there is it's kind of, again, with, with Pepe, you hope that, you know, he'll hit hit the ground running next yeah. season. But uh, but Williams being terrible, I worry sometimes with I'm I'm I don't know where like the blame lies solely with Arteta. I, I worry about I don't know Ed, Edu as well. It's like he didn't have loads of experience as a he was at the Brazilian national team, and I realise he's got experience within football. But it's not like you experience club operators that we've had, um, yeah. and it, it's a, it's again it's another. It, it, I'm not. I think when our, if Arteta would go, I would assume that Edu would go very quickly with him. And it's interesting the fact that you know the chief executive, the whatever Edu's job is, technical director, whatever he is, and Arteta all don't have loads of experience within yeah. those roles within football. And the three people that are in charge of us, I was reading about that on like the Athletic the other day. And it's quite a good point that that kind of concerns me a little. I'd like to think that Arteta might have. I don't know. I'd like to think maybe he's learned a bit from this season. Um, hopefully you'd hope yeah hopefully he, he has and like the players will have learned as I said the, the Villarreal game the, it was just there were many games this season I remember Southampton at home when we went 1-0 down I genuinely I, I think I said on here I, I could at that moment I was like I don't see how he can turn this I don't see how he's going to get anything they've stopped the players have mm. stopped here they just they're gone mentally they're gone and it was like, what was it, in October or November? <laughs> the season was only a couple of months old. And yeah. in fairness to him, there was that kind of period where we did turn it around. We, you know, we beating Chelsea at home was was a good result. And, you know, there were, there were some better performances in the bigger games. Um, but on the whole, it's just, I, I think I'd love to see us play at the start of next season, really play with a, not like freedom, but just bit more entertaining because the foot, some of the football's been crap in it let's be honest yeah. you want it yeah. you want it to be you want it to be fairly entertaining I think that Arteta got like the players I think he was he was afraid to lose and I think the players certainly were and that's that's a real that to me is a real big problem yeah, I mean, you mentioned that Southampton game it was December actually that Southampton game it was that was the ninth um game in a 10-run series in the Premier League where we only won one game, which was bizarrely away at Old Trafford, somewhere we've been terrible for for so long. And I, I remember that moment as well, not only because it was Boyd's favourite ex-Arsenal player, Theo Walcott, who, who scored the goal, but it was at that point we just thought, we're a goal down and we're, we're done for here. Like, there, there was just nothing um, to, to write home about. And it had come after that bizarre... Um, home defeat to uh, to Burnley, where Bamiang had, had scored that own goal, and then that, that it was followed up by a defeat at uh, Goodison Park. And just to think that we've we ended up, you know, winning our last five games, which is our best run of form in the Premier League for a, for a couple of years. I think fifteen points out of fifteen at the end was still not enough to get into Europe. You know, is, is a shambles of how is how you said it, how crap we were, sort of back in that October. Um, November period. But I guess Arteta can go, well, we came eighth last year, we're eighth again, and you know, this, you know, this reason and that reason. 
Um, he's got more points, hasn't he? We've got more he's points. Got more points. And we've, you know, if we can continue the latter end of this season into next, then we're, you know, we're, we're set to, to do, to do well, but uh, it'll be fascinating what kind of turnover there is, there is going to be in this squad because you, you still sense that there's players who he doesn't really fancy who are around. And there's a, you know, a couple, you know, you know, it's certainly, you know, Saliba presumably coming back. It'll be, you know, I think it's interesting though, in terms of players that it, it's almost like we've, we, we ended up with a squad where it was just players we just couldn't get rid of. No one wanted them. How many times can you say that about Arsenal, that there was just so many that people just didn't want, you know, Ozil, Kolasinac, Mustafi, just basically trying to give these players away. I mean, Kolasinac is coming back. I assume that he's, like, that we'll try and flog him again, will we? And it's the same with, what you know, Guendouzi, we're going to try and flog him. Torreira, you know, he won... La Liga this season, but I don't think he played loads, did he? There was a big thing about the fact he wasn't he wasn't really playing. Yeah, so I mean, Johnson, and, he's twenty one yeah. now. I mean, reason and it's like the same with Enketia. I look at Enketia and I just go, really, is it that is that gonna? Mm. He's not gonna flourish, is he? Um, and again, there's there's so many different variables to come into play. Who we can get rid of? I mean, is Abamian going to turn up next season? Because apart from the moment until he got his contract, he didn't really this time. And that's a long time for a player of his quality to be crap for, by the way. You know, it was literally, I mean, you can pretty much say that from, he was in, compared to the run of form that he was in when we won the FA Cup, that, I mean, he was lethal and he was the only good thing pretty much in, in that kind of run at the end of the previous season. And to see him on Sunday again, you know, even when he went clean through, I remember he tried to check back onto onto his onto his right foot and kind of the the, the move broke down broke down. But it's like he doesn't look to have a lot of confidence, and I think maybe he needs a summer off. Um, and hopefully we'll we'll come back far in a minute. It'd be interesting to see what they do with Lacazette. Is Lacazette gonna because he's in the last year of his contract? Are they really going to give him uh, another one? I wouldn't. Have, I I don't know. I, I, same with Willock as well. Like Willock's been in great form at Newcastle, absolutely banging them in. And one of our problems is we haven't had a lot of goals from midfield. So it's like, are we, are we going to get yeah. rid of Willock as well? Or is this now the yeah. time to sell him? Because I don't think we'll, there's a chance he could come back, kind of not really play a lot. And we won't get that money for him again, as I think we might be able to get for him at the moment. So it's a lot, it's a big, it's another big summer. It feels like all of these or every summer, it feels like it's getting bigger, doesn't it? In terms of the mm. re, the things that need to be done, the, the 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 rebuild and all the different variables that that are going to come into play. We definitely need a backup uh, yeah. left back as well. We definitely need a backup left back. I think it's interesting because I read all, I see a lot of articles, and I listen to and you know some podcasts where people are saying, yeah, there's going to be a mass clear out and has to be a massive rebuild. But I don't think we can do that. I just don't think I don't see how because what people what you're saying, what people are saying is like. Lacazette's a good example. I think I would be surprised if Lacazette's still there beginning of next season because not only has his stats this year been pretty good, you know, but I think I think um, Arteta really likes him. I think he really likes having that option, you know, having an option of another play kind of on his own instead of Aubameyang. That he can't play Aubameyang out wide and you know and play them together and all of that. I think he's finally seems to have worked out the a formation the formation of Aubameyang all and the creative players behind. 
But I just don't think I don't see how we I don't see how we get rid of all the dead woods. There's loads of dead wood, even more than there was last time, and replace them with better players because because that's going to cost money, you know. So I, I just think realistically, I'm sure we'll try our best to get rid of, you know, seven or eight nine players or whatever who feel not not good enough for us. But I don't see that happening. I think there'll be a lot more players still with us next year, perhaps than people think. But my question about Arteta, because your point about him learning lessons i think it's so important because i my my niggling feeling my niggling suspicion is just from the way he talks in post-match interviews and kind of the way he's talked throughout the season in a way is that i don't i'm not convinced entirely that he does learn lessons from his mistakes i'm not kind of he's not necessarily sure he's the kind of manager who admits when he's made made those mistakes so that's my worry is that you know, like look at the, the team selections. I read the stat. The stat. The ways every, those, we only we only were unchanged once in the year in the season. He only played the same team twice in a row once, and he would change the team every single other time. I mean, talk about not knowing your best team. Yeah, you know, he's he's a, for me, he's like the epitome of that. He's a and I think that's all bugger, part of him. He? He's a stubborn. You know what I've been witching on about? He's a stubborn little bugger. Is exactly what I mean. Yeah, yeah and it's interesting. Even with the centre halves, it's like I I didn't I've never really known what Arteta what what's his no. ideal first choice pairing because obviously Gabriel he and Holding know. have played a, a few now. Holding's been fairly kind of present throughout, but there was a period when he didn't play. It was a really weird period. It was like why yeah. is Holding not playing? I thought he was doing all right. And um, yeah. it's interesting, you know, Gabriel's kind of had a bit of an up and up and down season even right back I couldn't is Bellerin still going to be there because he don't seem to fancy him um so is it Chambers is that going to be is he going to be our new first choice right back and that's how that's what Arteta is going to settle for or or is he going to do something else and it's like with Cedric as well I actually didn't think that when Cedric played right back I actually didn't think he was that bad I think he 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 wasn't terrible and he kind of he's now what is is he the third choice right back it's I don't really know if I'm honest Mm. And no. it's, it's no and with the center, central midfield as well. I mean, there's I read the thing that like Jacka might want out and, and stuff like that, which is you know kind of I know he's divisive among amongst the fans. But it's like, well, okay, so we do get rid of him. And who are we getting into? We could have someone in there to replace him. He's still a good option in in in, in central midfield yeah. at times. I don't think he's the answer necessarily. But it, he's certainly a good option. And it's again, there's just so many variables. You hope that Partey won't be injured as much. Um, you'd also like to think that he'd have got used to the league a little bit more. I thought he was good on Sunday against Brighton, if I'm honest. I actually think, you know, as long, if he can just cut out committing stupid fouls near the edge of our box, I think that would be ideal. He actually even nearly scored. Yeah, he's on, yeah, right. On, I couldn't believe... That was one of the Couple most astonishing of a... things I've ever seen. It's like... <laughs> Oh, he just needs people behind him as like a sighter for the goal. That's what he yeah. needs is people yeah, behind yeah. it so he can like aim yeah. toward aim towards the people. Yeah, yeah. That, it was funny hearing he everyone shout shoot. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. He, he, even with him, and he nearly scored such a great goal. I really, I was desperate. I was willing that yeah. ball to go in because it would have been such a great goal. And it would have been great for him. But again, you know, Partey got absolutely screwed over in that home leg against oh, Villarreal. He was playing central 100%. midfield basically on his own. Yeah, and it was, on his own, yeah. And it was mayhem. But I'd like, you know, again, it's, you could literally go through the team and you can't really be sure pretty much because it's like, mm. even with Odegaard, are we going to get him back? It kind of... What do I, I was going to ask you about Odegaard. What do you think? I mean, I'm I'm in favour. I think, I think, 
I think before he, he got a little injury, didn't he? That he, he had a massive run. As soon as we got him on loan, he was in the team pretty much week in, week out, sometimes twice a week. And I thought he was great. And I thought he's passing. He's kind of a bit like Ozil, but faster. Um, and, you know, I thought he really added to the to the way we played. He just made us more attractive to, to watch for a start. Then he got injured and he was out for a couple of weeks. And I think then he was rusty when he came back. But I thought the last couple of games, he was great. Again, brilliant pass, a couple of brilliant passes against Brighton. Um, I think I mean I, I I think he's a ready-made creative midfield player. There aren't that many of those around. If they are, they're fucking expensive. Like yeah. Bruno, a man. We're not going to be able to sign a Bruno, you know, at Man, at man United. That's going to cost 60, 70 million. So I think we should try and keep him, shouldn't we? If he would stay, if that, if Ram would, I think yes. Yeah, I mean, it depends what they're going to ask for money-wise yeah. for him and whether, whether million, we can maybe. pay it. Was that what did you say? Thirty? Forty million? Maybe? Forty million? Would I mean, you pay? Would you? Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. A bit, but I always judge everything by how much we paid for Pepe. So that's like, <laughs> right, like, you know. <laughs> but yeah. it, it's, I suppose, 40 million. It, it depends on where else they've got, you know, how that affects the rest of the transfers, really. Because, you know, I, yeah, yeah. as I said, the one good thing is, you know, I think Smith Rowe's really, really come on a bit. Um, yeah. And oh. his final product's starting that's to get there a bit more now. And I, I really like, I think he's such a good player. I love the way he plays. Um, and yeah, again, it's like with Odegaard, what what are we going to do with, with Smith Rowe? Are we going to move him out to the left? Or, you know, you've got Pepe and Saka as well. So it'll be it'll be really interesting to to see to see what he does. I, I I think you're right with Lacazette though, because Lacazette, he can link up the play. Whereas I don't really feel like Abamian does that, to be honest with you. He doesn't really no. he doesn't, no. I can't really tell you after watching I don't really know what he did. <laughs> I know this is mad because he's always been a great goal scorer. He's been a yeah, fine yeah. player for the club. But, like, I can't really tell you what he does. He's not – It was. he wasn't really running in behind. Um, it's just, in, again – I know it, what you mean. It yeah. was like the other day, you know, Palace. I know we, we got that victory at the end and it was great. And Odegaard's ball for Martinelli was brilliant and stuff like that. But we stopped playing. We just stopped, and I couldn't really tell you why. It was almost like we just suddenly stopped. We got nervous. We stopped playing Brighton again. The the first half we were okay, like hit the bar, but we weren't really going at them. So fine again. It was like you find yourself sat there at halftime, just going. They do know that if we win, there's a chance we could like finish in seventh or like they could finish above Spurs. Does someone need to tell them that? And admittedly, second half they came out a lot better. But I think there's a lot of nerves within the team. I think there really oh, yeah, is. Huge, and huge. Yeah. I think hopefully, the, if there is some fresh blood that comes into the team, that will freshen it up. Well, what was your moment of the season then? Looking back, Boyd or or Alex, what was the what do you think was the best moment? Oof. It's not easy to think about it. I'll give you mine just to start with. Mine yeah. was the final whistle on the opening day. What a glorious moment that was! Three 0 <laughs> at Fulham. We've signed this yeah. brilliant Willian. He's going to be. He's going to be incredible. Um, Abamyang looked sharp, and we are set for a brilliant season. That that, and we were top because we were the first team to play. Of course, so that was. Uh, for me, the moment of the season. I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to say, the goal that Lacazette scored, the team, that team goal, um, where uh, against um, Sheffield United, Sheff- yeah, and Jumbo, yeah. and it was like uh, Partey to Lacazette to Sucker to Sabios back to Lacazette, 
and and that was a beautiful old school. Everyone was like, oh, this is like you know old school Arsenal, and it showed that there were a few. I think there were about I think there were almost a handful of really lovely team goals this season. You know, a few of them very early on, but I think you know it was almost like um, you know. Uh, the idea that we have to score the perfect goal is often a cliche about Arsenal, but I think that is it's almost increasingly so. And that and that could be another criticism of the of the coach, the manager, that he so meticulously kind of trains them to coming up with these very you know meticulous moves that the amount of times that can work is is, is logically limited. Whereas that goal was like seemingly that's what he what how he wants us to play in an ideal world, and it and it and it so happened to have worked at that moment. So I thought that was a lovely moment. Yeah, um, I, I think maybe do you know what? I know it's a it's a bit of a random one, but Slavia Prague away when it was like you thought because we'd drawn at home, hadn't we? And we'd been a bit crap. And then obviously we had a goal ruled out for VAR, but then we just went and blew them away. And it's like, we yeah. make them look crap. Yeah. We were so yeah. good that that kind of, that period of about 20 minutes when it was like, we were blowing, we were just all over them. Uh, Saka's goal in, in that I, I loved. Um, and it was like, ah, there we go. That's it. You can play, you knock it about. And like, they were, they were just playing with such freedom. Um, and I, for me, that was, a, that was a highlight. And I realized that Slavia Prague weren't amazing opposition, but it was like, yeah, we should be doing these like this. And it almost made you feel stupid for thinking we're probably going to go out. If we've drawn the, the home game, then we're probably going to go out here. And actually it was, it was brilliant. It was that, that kind of 20 minutes spell was brilliant. And it was like, I could sit back and go, Oh, bloody hell, we're through here. This is great. I didn't expect this to be the case tonight. I thought I was just going to get yeah. the ump. And that was that was a, a good moment. I mean, completely undone by both legs. It's Villarreal. I can't say how <laughs> yeah. much uh, they undone it with those oh, two compl- legs. You're right. You're right. That was a beautiful little 20-minute, wasn't it, cameo of like ideally yeah. what how we can play. We've got the players to play that that well. And, and I agree with you. Even though I don't care how shit they were, we were playing, knitting together brilliant attacks, weren't we, in that, in that period? Yeah, and, and it what, seemed to be... So gone. There's so many exciting. They can be so exciting. Like I love Tierney bombing forward, Smith yeah. Rowe, uh, Saka going forward. Now even Pepe, as much as I was kind of mm. taking the, the piss out of him, he scored some really good goals. His second goal, yeah, um, on on Sunday where Xhaka's won the ball back really well. There was a bit of intensity. Takes a, takes men on, and it's such a great finish. Even I love this first one as well. Like manages yeah. to control quite a difficult pass and smashes it in with his right, and it's like there we go. But do you not feel that sometimes with us, it's like yeah, but that's like final day of the season, isn't it? And it was like you know, William scoring a bloody free kick the other week. It was like I'll oh, piss off, William. Oh yeah, completely. Don't, that was, was exactly like, oh, go away. Exactly. I'm not this. Yeah. Don't start worst doing of that all, now. Yeah, completely. But worst of all is that the manager seems to forget sometimes that when we play our best football, he completely changes it the next game and doesn't just, you know, fucking why not just stick with that thing that worked really well in that 20 minute period, as you said in the Europa, because it was like, he completely forgotten it by the time the Villarreal tie came around. It was infuriating. So yeah, those, those moments are brilliant. And slash was, there were some good moments. Obviously uh, you know, we did beat Tottenham at home, United away. Yeah, and yeah. like the Chelsea at home. Chelsea, and, Chelsea, yeah, West, both Chelsea West Ham, we were, you know, we were, down and out of it and you know came back in didn't we from what was it three three nil after barely half an hour so yeah there were moments but um 
Yeah, I don't. I do they, they must still produce a like end of season DVD, but it, I don't think it would be one you'd be sort of rushing to. Do get. they? Surely they don't, don't produce an end of season DVD. Yeah. No must. way. I don't know. Or if a download. Do. I mean, sorry to be like DVD, but they they must be. It's like no, nah, like even when not, they put not, the highlights of some games like on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what are you trying to show us, Boyd? Oh, Arsenal Video Club 9192. Oh, yeah. that, that's yeah, a niche go. season. Was, I mean, if you're going to go that far, that was, back, go go to at least when we won the title. Just go, yeah, go to uh, 90. Yeah. Right? 90 oh, fingers, magic cat. That was a great yeah. end of season DVD. <laughs> great DVD, yeah. What yeah. a great I've got DVD. a whole box full of VHS cassettes of Arsenal season DVDs. True, there's a true yeah. story about Arsenal Wenger's magic hat. This is dead true. When I was at university oh. in Liverpool, I came out of a out of the student bar and there was a girl who was singing Arsenal songs. And I said to her, do you want to come back to mine and watch Arsenal Wenger's magic hat? <laughs> <laughs> and she genuinely was like, yeah, all right. Ed. And then my mates are like, is this like a euphemism? And like the next day... She like went after like a couple of hours. You watched a DVD and she pissed off. Like nothing happened. <laughs> but my mates were baffled at the fact that I genuinely said that to someone and it happened. And they were like, oh, so I had to go then. And I went, no, yeah, so we just watched good. it and then she went. It was, it was nice. It was really nice. That's I had some company brilliant. watching Arsenal DVDs. <laughs> she asked why it was named after his magic hat. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, so she was just, yeah, just a fellow, fellow Arsenal fan. Um, uh, I, I might be wrong, I guess, by the look of it, on a quick Amazon search of even last year. I'm struggling to find a DVD from last year. So um, maybe I'm uh, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. In, uh, in my search, I managed to find a 2019 Europa League final Chelsea 4 Arsenal 1 DVD, which I'll add to my basket now. Do you know what? I was talking about that final on um, the, the Redknapp <laughs> show the other day, and I completely forgot until afterwards. I was saying, oh, yeah, I went to back and we got beat 4-0. Completely forgot that we scored. <laughs> completely yeah, yeah, we started all right in that game. Started all right yeah. in that game, remember? People forget, yeah. Until yeah, fucking Wilson took over and yeah. destroyed us. Um, I completely you know. forgot that we'd scored. I only remembered after. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we did score, didn't we? So I'll get yeah, Arsenal fans on when they when it goes out on Thursday, they go, no, we actually scored in that game. So it didn't really matter, though, did it? <laughs> so you're, we yeah. should say you're on this week. Well, I love I love that show with the Red Naps and Big Tom Davis. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was great fun. It was What's a really going? good fun record um, with, with Mel B was on it. Jesse Lingard as well. There was a moment midway through the record because I got the bar in there and Jesse Lingard was like, do you want a shot, mate? And I was like, wow. sorry, what? And he was like, wow. do you a shot of tequila? Amazing. So I a shot of tequila. And I had to say to him when he came on, I was like, look, I think he was actually all right. But I said to him, the abuse I've given you when you've been dancing like an arsehole <laughs> at the Emirates, it, I can't help, I've got to tell you, I've, I, I felt guilty almost because he, was, he wasn't actually that bad a lad. But I did say to him, just stop doing it when you score again. Stop dancing like a knob every time you score again. Just don't rub it in. Yeah, just good point. Get, get it done. <laughs> what did he say? It was, I think he was just like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he was just like, come on, mate. That is brilliant. Uh, well, he's, he's forced his way into that 33 man squad, of which we've only got Saka to be excited about, possibly for the summer. From no, he's not going to make it, is he? Do you think you, I worried? I worry right. for, I worry for, for Saka. Yeah, so in that, same. in that, because I, I, I mean, I'd, I love him. I'd, I'd take him if it was me, yeah, but I, I do. I worry that when it, even with a 26 man squad, that when it gets whittled down, he might be one of the names. You look at that forward line that they've got, they've got yeah. quite a few different ones. Um, but it's like, you know, it's like I've, I've seen Saka more than like Jaden Sancho, but I assume that he's obviously had a good season in 
Bundesliga yeah. and like Bellingham apparently has been decent, but Incredible, I don't really yeah. know. I, I can only judge on what I've seen on Saka and I think he gives him so many different options. But, yeah, you'd think yeah. you'd hope, wouldn't you? But I think you're right because there's so many forwards. Um, I mean, you know, in that in that um, in, in the t- in the in the squad that he's picked so far, I worry. For, I mean, I think he'll be fine because I mean, in a way, you know, if we were mature people who who you know, because he has played so much. I mean, let's face it, he's played week in week out, quite a lot, of, twice a week, quite a lot. I mean, you know, there are people who think that we've we've overplayed him already. I, I'm not one of those people, but then to to have a, a little break and then to have to... I mean, he wouldn't be playing much, would he, I guess, in the Euros. But I'd still like to see him go. Rem- for the romantic point of view, I'd love to see him yeah. go. Do you remember which Arsenal player was the sole representative in the last England squad at the World Cup in 2018? Do you remember who who went from the Arsenal squad? Wow. Uh... That would be a no, presumably, from the... No. Uh, was, oh, was it, wait a minute, was it... It wasn't, it wasn't Chambers, was it? No, he wouldn't. No, no. Squad. No, I can't remember. Who was it? It was uh, Daniel Welbeck was, uh, was uh, our representative. Yeah. Danny Where Welbeck was... I the, forgot he was favoured by many an England manager, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. So we, we, we may or may not have one, one England player to cheer on. Something to look forward to. Who, so, Boyd... Yes, well, no, I was, I was going to say, apart, apart what, what are you looking forward to at the summer, apart from your £3,000 club-level ticket down from 3500 that's a, that's a What are you going to do with the extra 500 quid now that we're not in the Europa League even? Oh, that's a good question. A little holiday um, with that? Go on a little holiday to Portugal, the only place we can go in the green list. Yeah. <laughs> um, hang out with all the stars. Where all the stars go, like the like Dan Baldwin, Holly Willoughby, Pip Schofield, they'll all be there. I think the, the Red Naps go play golf, don't they, in Portugal? Portugal is the star-studded holiday location. Let me tell you, yeah. if you want to meet a celebrity, I'm sure Alex knows. <laughs> He'll be on his way. <laughs> they, talk, yeah, they all talk about it the other day, like Quinta de Logo and places like that, yeah. isn't it, where yeah. they all go out playing golf. They've all got villas there and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I might try and do that. Um, well, I was going to, we have to pick our player of the season. Let before, yeah, know, let's um, do that before we go. Let's, Absolutely. Let's do I'm that. not, I'm sure we'll all say the same one. So I don't know how exciting. Well, no, I'm going to say, I'm going to say someone cause I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to say, I'm going to be bold. And even Steve though, bold, he's, he's just been gone. Steve Bold's gone. gone. You can't say him. <laughs> or Steve Bold's gone. <laughs> I'm going to say Emil Smith-Rowe because I think he was the game changer. I really do. So I know Saka was is is obviously Saka is the obvious choice, right? Yeah. Maybe Tierney yeah. as a backup, but Tierney's Saka. had a bit bit few too many injuries. But for me, Emil Smith Rowe was the game changer. Absolutely, his he he transformed this team when he arrived finally, and it, and it was like he'd run out of options. You know, Arteta, uh, William was injured, and when he finally arrived, he he absolutely changed things around. I I dread to think. What would have happened if he had not picked him and he had not arrived in this team? On genuinely, because we were absolutely dog shit and we were we, it was unbearable to watch us in that period when before he arrived. So yeah, I just, he's been transformational. So and that, fair that's play to him. him. You're right. Yeah. And fair play to him because you know you talk about people taking their chance when it comes their way. You know, yeah. bearing in mind that he'd been on loan at Huddersfield the season before and he'd done all right. He kind of comes back. He had a few injuries, didn't he? He wasn't really playing loads and he came in and he just went right let's this yeah. is my this is my chance i'm gonna i'm gonna take it so i, I would uh, smith row would have been a close uh would have been second for me but yeah i would have i would have said uh saka just because he he was the only one who so many times just was trying to make something happen 
Yeah. I mean, that's a, almost like a minimum requirement, isn't it? Is trying yeah. to do something. And it felt like there were so many times when he, when he was the only one who was kind of like, like that for us. Um, yeah, I'd still like him to improve his finishing. I think him and Partey should yeah. be on shooting yeah. practice all <laughs> yeah, summer. Um, but yeah, I, I, he was he was brilliant. And as I said, I, I love Tierney as well. He's he's unlucky with injuries a bit. Um, also, by the way, the last one he got when he came back from from the longer injury he had, he came back and he, Tierney came on against Man City, or he started against Man City at home when we got like beat. And then he went on to play the next, it was something like six consecutive games. All of them were like 90 minutes. And he went and played, I remember when he got injured just after international duty. Yeah, yeah. And he played 90 minutes or 90 and 85 minutes for Scotland. I remember thinking at the time, I looked and I was like, hang on a minute, he's gone from not playing to playing every single game, basically the full game. And I was, just, I was like, I knew he was going to get injured. It was it was madness, yeah, and but obviously because yeah. we didn't have a backup backup left back, I'd like to think we'd we'd get one next season, and it might ease the burden on him a little bit for some of the games. But I, I do, I think he's brilliant. I think he's top draw. Yeah, yeah. such a uh, lovely guy. I love I love his post match interviews. Yeah, it seems like such a uh, yeah, he's brilliant. Look, I, it has to be his sack. I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? Nineteen years of age. Oh. And uh, no outfield player at Arsenal played more Premier League games than he did. Like he, he played in thirty-two, uh, I think, of the of the thirty games. So it's just so much pressure on him, really, that we've sort of relied on relied on him. Um, and he's and he's delivered. And that is, you know, when it, it does feel like, thank God, there is Saka to be excited about and Smith Rowe. And t- thank, thankfully, there are a couple of them that the fans are like absolutely united on. Because without having a couple of sort of homegrown talents who, of course, almost always will get more goodwill than assigning into the club, it kind of feels like there wouldn't be even that element of positivity around, you know, the playing squad. So, yeah, it uh, it has to be Saka for me. I know you you love Smith Rowe, Boyd, and you you did correctly tell me he would get more minutes than Willian from about yes. January January yes. onwards. You were right. That was on my that. greatest prediction of the of the season. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, let's um, let yeah. I, I, can't, I can't think how you can give it to um, to him above above Saka. The final thing we need to say, Boyd, is that on the predictions uh, chart, we did get a tweet, didn't we, uh, telling yeah. us how we did? Yeah. And I think by one percent, I I just edged yeah. you out. So that's a well done, well, Josh. One percent is the same as a, as a it's a win, <laughs> yeah. isn't it for me? So yeah, absolutely unlucky. Triumph, yeah. Well done. Unlucky. Now, are you looking at it like Arsenal? Arsenal? Are you What's the prize like that I get, Boyd? <laughs> what prize do I get? Um, can I use uh, your butler for a day? Yeah, you can use the butler. Yeah, access to the butler. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, maybe a dinner hosted by the butler. We have a, okay. we'll have a lavish three course meal. Yeah. Alex is invited for this uh, meal. He cool. can, uh, can yeah, I was just, I was just wondering whether you had a higher percentage than last season, whether it was still a, on the whole a very drab performance, oh. but you're taking yeah, it we did like shit. Arteta and just going, actually, 100%. Well, I got 1% more than last season. So. Do you know how many correct scores between us we got out of our whole season? God. I think I got two and Boyd got one. The whole <laughs> season. Like, appalling. If we just went 1-0 every game, we'd get way more. Way more. <laughs> I think that fully justifies the fact that we're the only podcast that insists on predicting the score every single time. Yeah, I, yeah, I like it. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> we should say you're back, aren't you? The last leg's back next week. Is it next week? Next yeah, God, yeah, we're back next week. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, back next Friday for, for a run through through the summer, which will be 
hopefully, hopefully, yeah, be enjoyable. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I was, we, yeah. yeah, I was trying to persuade Stephen Graham to come on the show because he was on Red oh, the other day. I'd love yeah. to have him on. Such a great bloke, great. such yeah, an awesome bloke great, as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> we, yeah, his new show. Yeah, his it new looks incredible. Time. It is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It is grim, though. I have to tell you, it is set in prison and it's fucking grim. If you want to know the grim reality of, of prison life, like I do, then, um, it, but he's amazing in it. Yeah, Stephen Graham is brilliant. Um, maybe you'll get, you get Dominic Cummings on. I've been watching Dominic Cummings all day. I don't know about you. Um, well, but... it, seemed to go, it seemed to go on for ages, didn't it? He was like... Yeah, seven hours. Was, yeah, I was just like... He was like he had a list... You know when you've got like a list of things that you want to grasp someone up for? It was like... It was literally... He's, like, he's, mon- he's written down every... It's yeah. like a diary that he's gone through and it's like, Boris yeah. did this to me today. And it's like, he's kind of gone out. It was almost like an intervention. Exactly. Was, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, he's Incredible. not short of anything Incredible to say. Things. I don't think. I don't think a one-hour really slot would be enough for him. Um, <laughs> Maybe no. You have extended, and we've yeah. got the Euros to look forward to. Um, yes. Thank God. Yeah. So basically, you've got the Euros, which is about in about two and a half weeks' time. Um, then that, then it'll be like that'll be on for a month, won't it? And then and there'll be pre-season, and we'll be back in mid-August for the start of the next season. So thank God for that. Um, yeah. Uh, we just need to, yeah, thank you to all our, our many guests that have joined us uh, throughout the season. We uh, have have done the entirety of this season without seeing each other in person as well, Boyd, which is a, yeah. a, a special thing. It's We're hoping, better, frankly, isn't it? Um, I think it's it's only more convenient, uh, yes, and, yeah. and much easier to uh, to ask people to uh, to come on. And Alex can join us from either his <laughs> shed or today with, with his bedroom, <laughs> um, which is a uh, which is a joy and insight and. Um, yeah, we had, uh, well, Keir Starmer, we, we had, didn't we, as well? Yeah, so what a great guest yeah. that was. That went well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, we had him on, Alex, um, Keir Starmer. Uh, it was a big thing. Massive, massive, massive exclusive. And then about a week later, he plummeted in the, in the polls by about 12%. Like, <laughs> <that's it. laughs> and I don't know if it was, I don't know if the events were connected. But, yeah, I mean, you know. But oh, I feel like after today, it could be a comeback because he was great in Pamela's questions today. And, you know, maybe we could uh, repeat the podcast. There's always next season, eh? There's always next season. I bet he'll be on, I bet he'll be on the last leg soon. He's on fucking with Piers Morgan next week. So, um, oh, wow. Be good yeah. to have him on. It would be good to have him on, wouldn't it? Yeah, Arsenal fan. Excellent. Thanks so much, Alex. Thanks, um, thanks Josh, for all Thank your you hard boys. work throughout the season. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll be back next year with more predictions next year next season next season we'll be back (laughs) soon with more predictions bye this is a playback media production to listen to all our football podcasts visit playbackmedia.co.uk sports social podcast network step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.